Today's reading is Acts 24. Five days later, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a lawyer named Tertullus, who presented to the governor their case against Paul. When Paul had been called in, Tertullus opened the prosecution. Because of you, we have enjoyed a lasting peace, and your foresight has brought improvements to this nation. In every way and everywhere, most excellent Felix, we acknowledge this with all gratitude. But in order not to burden you any further, I beg your indulgence to hear us briefly. We have found this man to be a pestilence, stirring up dissension among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, and he even tries to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to learn the truth about all our charges against him. The Jews concurred, asserting that these charges were true. When the governor motioned for Paul to speak, he began his response. Knowing that you have been a judge over this nation for many years, I gladly make my defense. You can verify for yourself that no more than twelve days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Yet my accusers did not find me debating with anyone in the temple, or riling up a crowd in the synagogues, or in the city. Nor can they prove to you any of their charges against me. I do confess to you, however, that I worship the God of our fathers according to the way which they call a sect. I believe everything that is laid down by the law and written in the prophets, and I have the same hope in God that they themselves cherish, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In this hope, I strive always to maintain a clear conscience before God and man. After several years, then, I returned to Jerusalem to bring alms to my people and to present offerings. At the time they found me in the temple, I was ceremonially clean and was not inciting a crowd or an uproar. But there are some Jews from the province of Asia who ought to appear before you and bring charges if they have anything against me. Otherwise, let these men state for themselves any crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. Unless it was this one thing I called out as I stood in their presence, it is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. Then Felix, who was well informed about the way, adjourned the hearing and said, When Lysias the commander comes, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to allow him some freedom and permit his friends to minister to his needs. After several days, Felix returned with his wife Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul expounded on righteousness, self-control, and the coming judgment, Felix became frightened and said, You may go for now. When I find the time, I will call for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for Paul frequently and talked with him. After two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. This is God's word. Paul was taken from Jerusalem to Caesarea to protect his life from a plot by his Jewish opponents at the end of our previous reading in Acts 23. Five days after Paul arrived in Caesarea, that's according to verse 1, his Jewish opponents showed up there to charge him with stirring up conflict among the Jews. We saw that in verses 2 through 9. Paul answered the charges against him by appealing to what actually happened and the lack of proof his opponents had for their charges. That's verses 10 through 13. Paul skillfully wove the gospel into his defense, starting in verse 14. Felix 
the governor who was handling this case punted the case to a later date, according to verses 22 and 23. But a few days later, Felix and his wife, Drusilla, set up a private meeting with Paul, according to verses 24 through 26. This meeting allowed Paul to specifically bring the gospel to this couple. An interesting aspect of this is that Felix was a Gentile, a Roman governor, but his wife, Priscilla, was Jewish, according to verse 24b. So Paul had a mixed audience religiously when he spoke to this couple. How did he handle this opportunity? According to verse 25, Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Let's break that down. First of all, righteousness refers to what is right, how someone measures up to a standard. In this case, the standard is God's perfect holiness as revealed in his law. Self-control has to do with a person's ability to say no to his sinful impulses and choose to do what is right instead. And judgment to come, of course, refers to the fact that every person will stand before God to give account of his or her life. In other words, Paul spoke to Felix and Drusilla about right and wrong, about their inability to control themselves enough to do what is right, and about the fact that God would judge them individually for doing what is wrong. What was the reaction? According to Scripture, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. That's verse 25b in the NIV. In other words, Paul's conversation with them caused Felix to feel the conviction of sin and his need for a Savior. Unfortunately, he did not repent at Paul's teaching and did not find forgiveness in Christ. But once again, Paul's approach in talking to him is instructive for us when we speak about Christ to unbelievers. Almost any point of sin is an adequate starting point for the gospel. When you're talking with an unbeliever, if they complain about an injustice in the news, or about crime, or about the lack of self-control they see in others, or in young people, or even in themselves, that's an opportunity to talk about Christ. Why do people dislike it when others can't exercise self-control? Because an uncontrolled population is dangerous and difficult to live in. But what standard do unbelievers use to complain about the sins, injustice, and failures of self-control in others? They appeal to God's standards even though they may not know it and may even deny it. The Bible says that the law is written in the heart of every human. That means we have an intuitive sense of right and wrong. Use that. Show unbelievers how they fall short of the very standards they apply to others and admit to them that you too fall short, but that Jesus didn't. This will give you the opportunity to share what Christ has done for us, to deliver us from the coming judgment of God at the end of the age. And so I hope you get a chance to talk to someone today about Christ and use Paul's example here to help you structure the conversation and speak meaningfully into the lives of other people. Remember that Paul didn't convert Felix here, that Felix stopped the discussion before Paul could even get to Jesus. And so if the conversation doesn't go far enough into the gospel, that's okay. Understand that God has not yet worked in that person's life. So go as far as you can with the gospel, and trust the Lord for the results. If you like this devotional, but didn't receive it in your email this morning, please go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. I want to keep in touch with you, and one way to do that is for you to be on my mailing list 
and to receive this every day. It will also help you to be consistent in uh, being in the Word every single day. Also, I'm looking for some monthly financial support to help me with the expenses associated with doing these devotionals. And if you'd consider doing that, please go to dailypbj.com support. Please share this also with someone else who might be helped by it in their Christian life. And I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.